prior to the news break, we were talking a little bit about um, last night's uh, commute. And part of the challenge, of course, is infrastructure. Uh, And I was uh, talking a little bit about the fact that, look, uh, it may not have solved all the problems, but in the case of the George Massey Tunnel, imagine if we had that 10-lane bridge built today. Perhaps one of those lanes could have been used to allow traffic through as um, the first responders dealt with the accident um, uh, there at the uh, Massey Tunnel and, of course, all the, the, the Steveson overpass as well. Because the, the project itself, uh, the original project, uh, not only included the bridge, but also included uh, overpass improvements as well in Steveson and then further up and also including um, HOV lanes uh, as well uh, for, for uh, buses. Now, I do want to say... Uh, that that tunnel, it took a very long time for the BC Liberals to get to a point of approving that bridge. But they finally did it. But what happened, of course, the NDP cancelled it when they came in. And now we're talking about um, uh, another tunnel which uh, with 20% less capacity. What it speaks to, of course, is that infrastructure is very important in this com- uh, country. It's the physical backbone of Canada's economy. Uh, our roads, bridges and transportation systems, if you think about it, bind our communities together. Now, the challenge is that Canada's infrastructure has aged. Much of our current infrastructure was built in the 1950s and 60s. And our infrastructure shortfall has a real impact on our communities not just in economic numbers like GDP, but we saw that last night as well. Think about the fact all those small business owners uh, who couldn't get home uh, or those folks driving uh, those large semis, delivering goods and services. Many of them uh, are are immigrants uh, as well. Uh, Here are some headlines to give you a sense of our infrastructure deficit uh, that were provided to me. Uh, World Bank in 2020 in a report, here's the headline, Canada ranks number 64 in the world in the length of time it takes to approve a construction project. That's a World Bank uh, headline in 2020. Here's one from the Federation of Canadian Municipalities in 2018. 40% of Canada's roads and bridges are in fair, poor, or very poor condition. Canada is facing an infrastructure deficit of over $150 billion. Here's another headline from the City of Delta in 2017. The Massey Tunnel will not withstand a major earthquake. Uh, Here's one from the Globe and Mail in February of 2022. The cost of rebuilding after BC's historic floods in 2021 is nearly $9 billion. That all speaks to our infrastructure deficit. Joining me now to talk a little bit about the infrastructure deficit is Chris Gardner. He's the president of the Independent Contractors and Businesses Association. Chris, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Jess. Great to be on your show. Uh, so let, let's start with the first question. Did you get home safe yesterday? Well, you know, I was uh, at an event downtown and I live downtown. Uh-huh. So um, I didn't get stuck in the, um, in the commute, uh, but we did have a number of colleagues who were... Uh, who were at that event, and they live out in uh, in Langley and Surrey, and uh, we just ended up uh, booking hotel rooms uh, because, as we put in the um, um, the uh, the route back through Google Maps, uh, it was projecting a five to six hour drive. Uh, so we wanted them to be safe and booked them rooms, and then they went back this morning. Wow. Uh, this, I mean, I, I know some people are going to say, well, you know, you can't guarantee that a 10-lane bridge would have been able to, to, to get those folks through. I, I maintain it would have helped. But I think the bigger issue is, is this is uh, infrastructure deficit, not only in this city, but across this country. Yeah, you know, you, your numbers are very compelling. $150 billion infrastructure deficit the World Bank number that we're, we're 64 in the world in the length of time it takes to approve an infrastructure project. 63 countries can figure it out faster than we can. It's an embarrassing statistic. And, and if you think about what happened to the aftermath of the floods last year, um, the Port of Metro 
Vancouver, the largest port in the country, was completely cut off from the rest of Canada by rail and by road for seven days. Um, and so what's happened as we the, the COVID-19 global pandemic revealed how fragile our supply chains are. And these extreme, more extreme weather events that we're having are bringing, you know, the chickens are coming home to roost for Canadians and certainly uh, people in British Columbia, that our infrastructure is aging. It's past its due date. And so what's at stake for us uh, is the safety of people, um, our supply chains, our quality of life, and the investment in jobs and opportunity that we're losing because our infrastructure can't handle the growth of our economy. And uh, and so our competitiveness is uh, is being impacted. Hmm. Um, why do you think that is? You would think a bridge would be non-political or a port, but we somehow in this country, maybe it's just my, my mindset, my thinking, we seem to have politicized everything now. Yeah, we've, we've, the, the process of building things has become very political, uh, and that reveals itself in the, uh, in the challenge in getting housing supply onto the market, um, because that involves, in a lot of cases, a discussion around density. And on the one hand, people say we need more housing. And then on the other hand, they'll say, well, not in our neighborhood. Um, it's, if it's a new road, if it's a new bridge, people will then complain about the design of it, whether it, it whether it's going to be more cars on the road. Uh, all of those things factor into the discussion. And so as a result of all all of all of the opposition that, that comes out, the, the length of time it takes to review and approve projects, um, we... Um, We've got a reputation that's growing globally as a jurisdiction where it's extremely difficult to get to yes. We, we get to know very easily in Canada. We've lost the ability to get the yes, and it's impacting everything. And we're seeing it with events like last night. Um, look, at the, look at the Patella Bridge. We're replacing a four-lane, uh, 85-year-old bridge with a four-lane new bridge. Great, we're getting a new bridge, but we're not increasing capacity in any meaningful way. Um, and the decision to cancel the new, if that new bridge that was planned by the previous government had been built, we would be driving over it now. And uh, we've lost 10 years, and we will all, we'll all pay the price. In one way or another, we're going to pay the price in terms of more time on the road. Um, incidents like last night, um, our supply chains will be impacted uh, we've got to get out of our way and start building things again. Yeah. Last night, I think it was an hour six, and I think I, I had heard all the Christmas carols I could, so I started texting friends in other parts of the world. And a buddy of mine in Dubai texted me, and he sent me a picture of um, just uh, just uh, near the Burj Khalifa, the world's tallest buildings, which is right next to the Dubai Mall. It's a very pretty place, very touristy place, and and all that sort of thing. And I know, look, it's a, it's a it's a city run uh, by a royal family. It's not a democracy, and I get all that. But I was just in my admiring that this was a seaport at one time and about forty years ago. And today, they've built an entire economy around finance and tourism on and infrastructure. I had another friend text me a little while after during this uh, commute from hell, and he texted me pictures of the Mumbai-Pune um, expressway. It's a three-hour expressway from a city, both cities, and I've driven in. It's wonderful. But I'm looking at developing nations, um, and it reminds you that the, the, the infrastructure beyond healthcare and education, which is the basis of a very strong society, healthy society and educated society, but that third pillar in many ways is infrastructure, and developing nations and other nations around the world seem to be figuring that out. 
out. Yet here in this country, as you say, we keep getting in each other's way. We don't build like we used to. Yeah, you know, if you go back to, um, you know, how, how we built Canada, we, we built railways, we built the St. Lawrence Seaway, uh, we connected the country. We had a reputation of being builders, and we're losing that reputation. We've now got a reputation where it's very, very difficult to get investment projects approved in this country, to get infrastructure built in this country, because we're always saying no. And there's always, a mil- there's always good reasons to say no if you listen to those who oppose all of these projects. But the cascading in- effect of all of these no's is the position we're in now, where it just takes one weather event, um, one or two accidents on an evening or morning commute, and the entire lower mainland, um, the engine of our provincial economy, comes to a grinding halt. Yeah. And um, we've got to do better. We have got to do better. We've got to understand the importance of this in terms of a safety perspective, supply chains, jobs and opportunity. And we've got to start building things again. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Chris, thank you so much for your time, my friend. Great. Thank you very much.